you are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a playoff crossover between Locked On Ravens and Locked On Texans. I'm Kevin Ostreicher, host of Locked On Ravens. He is Cody Davis, the host of Locked On Texans. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube and auto form wherever you get your shows. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Plus, thanks so much for making both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Texans your first listen each and every day as we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Today's crossover episode of Locked On Ravens and Locked On Texans is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Cody, this game I think is going to be a good one. You got Houston coming back to Baltimore after week yes, one, a rematch. 25 to 9, the Ravens won first time around. But as I've been saying all week, I'm sure you've been saying it too. Ravens and the Texans, two very different teams since mm. all the way back then in week one. Yeah, man. You know, Kevin, first and foremost, man, shout out to you because you had me on the national show a lot over the past year. And it's like you caught me at my lowest this time last year because That's we really right. didn't know what was going on. And here we are over a year later, and you and I are doing a crossover. For the AFC divisional round, Kevin, I'm I'm stunned. Like I just I still cannot believe the Houston Texans are here, <laughs> and I'm impressed by them. I mean, a team with <laughs> CJ Stroud, and I remember having you on locked on NFL, Cody, and we were talking mm-hmm. about Lovey Smith and that whole thing at the end of Week 18, and yep. how they won that game <laughs> and blew the shot at the number one pick. And look at them now. C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. Will Anderson, Tank Dell, D'Amico, Ryans. The whole future seems to be ahead for Houston. But right now, the future is now because yes, they're in the divisional is. round. And what I've been saying all week, too, is, look, the Texans have nothing to lose here because if they lose, they've gone so much further than everybody expected them to. Mm. It's still chalked up as a great season. But if they win, they continue what I guess kind of is a Cinderella story here. They were home underdogs last week. They blew the Browns out of the water. And now they, they're coming back to M&T Bank Stadium to play the Ravens. Now, in terms of biggest storylines, Cody, I'll start with the Ravens and I'll throw it to you for the Texans. I think it's going to be health in the injury report for the Ravens because they're coming off of the bye week being the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And it, it helped out a lot in terms of rest and getting guys at least as healthy as they can be up to this point. But the big news out of Baltimore, at least on Wednesday, was Mark Andrews, who was designated to return from injured reserve on Friday. He practiced in full on Wednesday and he's been on injured reserve ever since the Cincinnati game back in week 10. I think that was week 11 and he had a cracked fibia. He had ligament damage in his ankle. That's usually some sort of a season ending injury or multiple month injury. And there was not any certainty he'd be back for the playoffs, but it's looking more and more like Andrews could be back for this division around matchup. Now nothing is guaranteed, right? You got to see how he feels on Saturday and, you know, maybe he doesn't feel good enough. He said, if he can help the team, he feels good enough to help the team. He'll be out there, but if not, he's not going to be now, even if he doesn't play Isaiah likely has has stepped up for them in a big way, but you see guys like Zay flowers who had to miss the Steelers game. They rested him. He's back to practicing in full. The one injury to look out for, for the Ravens is Marlon Humphrey, who hasn't practiced on both Tuesday and Wednesday at the time of this recording. His status is trending downward as we look ahead to the division around on Saturday. He'd be the biggest loss for the Ravens. Now, their secondary still has playmakers in it, like Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hamilton, et cetera. 
but Humphrey, no doubt, even though he's missed some games this season, would definitely be a big loss. So injuries, the storyline seems like I've been saying that for the past four seasons <laughs> with the Ravens, but it's, it's been a lot better this season, at least in terms of the training staff and getting guys back. Seems like everything's aligning for them for the most part. But what about in Houston, Cody? What's the big, what's the big storyline? How to contain and stop Lamar Jackson. Play this simple. And look, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the Texans injury report as well. I know some people might look at the Texans injury report. And of course, the two biggest names that had stand out were guys who did not practice or were limited in practice were Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard. But look, Ravens fans, do not get your hopes up too much. They have been low managing those two guys because towards the end of the end of the season, both of those guys, um, Will Anderson against the New York Jets went down with an ankle injury then a week later in the christmas eve loss against the cleveland brown jonathan grenard had went out with an ankle injury so they've basically been low managing both of those guys in practice but they are definitely expected to play on saturday which means when you take a look at this defense especially the the the, the defensive front the one thing that coach D'Amico ryan's defensive coordinator matt burke have been talking a lot about is how do you contain lamar jackson and look Kevin, I'm pretty sure you could agree with this statement. Just throw the week one tape out of the window because I get it, I understand it. The Houston Texans defense did do a pretty solid job containing Lamar Jackson in week one. I believe he went like 17 of 23 for like 169 yards, no interception, I mean, no touchdown, one interception, and I think they sacked him four times. However, Four months since that game, Lamar Jackson has evolved into this league's MVP, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. And just like the Houston Texans, he has just been a complete 180 from the performance that we saw week one. And when you take a look at this Texans defense, they finished off the regular season fourth in pressures. They set a franchise record in sacks with 46 and it's like, okay, well, if they did all of that, they've done a pretty solid job containing Joe in Cincinnati, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, especially in week three in the victory that the Texans got, and even Kyler Murray. And I get to understand that that was like his second or third game back from his injury. However, the one thing about Lamar Jackson, even if you collapse a pocket around him, he can use his athleticism and what you think could be, let's say, a sack for a loss of three to five can end up being a gain of five or ten. So that's basically been the number one storyline for the Texans because everybody know that the Texans, look, they have a shot at beating the Baltimore, but it starts with taking down the league's MVP and Lamar Jackson. And then, Kevin, I'm to the point I'm conflicted as to, as a reporter analyzing this, how can you stop him? Do you not pressure him so much and let him be more so of a pocket passer quarterback? But then you're going to allow him to use his weapons like Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews if he come back. And that is, that's that is that's a whole nother type of dangerous scenario within itself. So, that's the number one storyline for the Texans, and I do believe if they could find a way to contain Lamar Jackson, they definitely have a chance of moving on to the AFC Championship. Yeah, and part of the thing with you know blitzing versus not blitzing, I think it, the way that you can be effective against Lamar, it used to be just pressure him and blitz him, and he had mm-hmm. some struggles against the blitz. You can't really do that anymore, though, because Lamar, he has evolved, as, as you talked about, and you just you mentioned the weapons. The weapons have been so good around him where – he will now 
take the short check down. We'll check it down mm -hmm. to Gus Edwards or Justice Hill, or he'll find Zay Flowers on a short, quick route. If you send pressure and you do not get there within a certain number of seconds, and that's not a very high number, you know, maybe two, three seconds, hmm. Lamar's going to either roll out, he's going to find somebody in the pocket quickly. So I think you have to win with your front four and then try to just stop everything else. Because Baltimore with Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, and you mentioned Andrews if he comes back, Isaiah Likely who stepped up. There are so many weapons there. But a bonus storyline, I guess, for Baltimore, it's, it's exactly what you said, but with C.J. Stroud. <laughs> how do the Ravens slow down this C.J. Stroud-led offense? Because I would argue, Cody, Cleveland was, what, the number two defense in the league this mm -hmm. year behind Baltimore? Put up 40-plus on them at home. I mean, just made them look like they were the worst defense in the NFL. He's my pick for offensive rookie of the year. I, I know everybody's saying, oh, is it Puka? Is it CJ? I think it's CJ. I mean, I 100% <laughs> think it's CJ here. If you had to look from a whole NFL perspective. But this is somebody who's making elite level throws. And I mean, what quarterbacks right now are you taking over CJ Stroud? I think Lamar would, be, Lamar would be one. Mm -hmm. you, you can make an argument. CJ is the set, playing the second best right now. Out of anybody, you know, maybe Allen, maybe Mahomes, but my pick is probably CJ Stroud, honestly. So <laughs> look with the way Nico Collins has been playing, he stepped up big in the absence of Tank Dell and now Noah Brown, who's not going to be available for him. Dalton Schultz had a drop early in that Cleveland game, but he stepped up big too. But for CJ, he's processing it. And look, we, what we have to remember about week one is again, but the two very different teams thing. That was the first game for the Ravens in that Todd Munkin offense, you know, first game with Lamar and Odell, but that was CJ's first ever game in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And going up against that Ravens defense, which has historically succeeded and done a really good job at just rattling rookie quarterbacks and second-year quarterbacks, that's not an easy thing for any rookie quarterback to go up against. Plus, it was D'Amico Ryans, his first game as an NFL head coach. You mentioned we're now four-plus months away from that. <laughs> so both teams are looking very different, and I'm excited to see how it pans out for both of them. And coming up, we'll be talking about some key matchups on both sides of the ball for both Houston and Baltimore. As they get ready, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, they'll be taking on each other at m and Bank Stadium. Stay tuned. We still have a lot to get to here on this crossover edition of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Texans. First, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And this next segment coming up here is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need an opportunity to get something off our chest, you know, big or small. Certain things can really start to get you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. It's about this Texans-Ravens divisional matchup. They're playing Saturday at 4.30. I think this game deserves the primetime spot. You have Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud. I would argue from a best team in a league perspective, Baltimore's been better than San Francisco. They beat them. And I would rather see Lamar and C.J. go up in primetime. I think that has the potential to be maybe the game of the division round. I would have put that Saturday at 820 instead of Saturday at 430. But it doesn't matter when it is, honestly. You know, regardless, going to be a really good game between Baltimore and Houston. But, you know, some people, they have other things going on in their life other than what you might be thinking about your favorite sports team or anything like that. And therapy can be different for anyone. Most of us do have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams. It's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. 
back our second segment a divisional round crossover between locked on ravens and locked on texans kevin ostriker of locked on ravens still talking with cody davis of locked on texans and cody i'm interested to see some of these matchups across the board for both houston and baltimore i'll throw it to you first since i took the first part of the first segment is there any one particular matchup that maybe out of all the other ones you're most excited to see um i'm gonna start with the offensive side of the ball first excuse me um and i'm gonna have to go with the Texans offensive line versus the Ravens front four. And you're talking about a front four that's basically at the top of the league. By the way, Jadavion Clowney, man, I'm so happy what he's been able to do in Baltimore. That was always one of my all-time favorite Texan player of all time. And it's good to see him thriving in Baltimore. But, I mean, the Ravens have one of, if not a top-rated defense, and it starts with the front four. And the one thing a lot of people has have been so – in all enamored about in terms of CJ's performance over these last couple of weeks, but especially more so in that wild card game against the Cleveland Browns was how great he looked. You just said it. I mean, you know, he, you know, they put up 45 points and I think about a good 32, I believe came on the offensive side of the ball, given that Joe Flacco did throw not one, but two pick sixes, but CJ Strauss still looked good. He looked so good. In fact, they, they, they set him in the fourth quarter because you didn't need him no more. However, the one thing that gets lost in the shuffle, how great the defense looked, how great um, Nico Collins looked, how good CJ has looked. The one thing that got lost in the shuffle shuffle a little bit was that offensive line. That offensive line played very well, especially Laramie Tunsil making Miles Garrett being non-existent. I mean, you you talking about a Cleveland Brown defense like you mentioned? If they are not wasn't the number two rated defense, they might have the rated the number one rated defense in the league. And that offensive line kept the pocket clean for C.J. Stroud. In my opinion, that might be the best performance that we've seen out of this entire season from that offensive line, keeping the pocket clean, letting C.J. Stroud go through his reads and progression. And we saw what he was able to do. Now, can they do it again? And can they do it against Baltimore? And, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. Baltimore do, did lead the regular season in sacks, correct? Yep, 60 of them. 60 so that's saying a lot so that's my number one matchup on the offensive side of the ball what about you before I switch over to the defense I think for me if we're talking about Houston's offense I think Houston's wide receivers versus Baltimore's corners or Houston's Mm -hmm. pass catching weapons versus Baltimore's secondary because we talked about how there's going to be no Tank Dell no Noah Brown and for the Ravens possibly no Marlon Humphrey in this game so we know Nico Collins has been balling out for the Texans but I think for Baltimore's secondary, the key for them, if they want to stop and slow down Houston, is keep everything in front of them. Don't let mm-hmm. Nico Collins beat you deep. We, we know Nico Collins can beat you deep. <laughs> that, that's really a big part of his game. So for me, and part of Baltimore's defensive identity, Cody, all year has been you can take some of the short stuff, or you can take some of the intermediates, but we're not going to let you beat us deep is what Baltimore has been saying all season to their opponent. So for, for me, you look at guys like Brandon Stevens in Baltimore secondary, who has really stepped up as the number two next to Marlon Humphrey. He would probably be matched up on Nico Collins if Humphrey isn't able to go. Kyle Hamilton is their, you know, the do-it-all safety, all pro in his second season. He can line up off the edge and blitz. He can He's a big enforcer in the run game, and his coverage skills are great, too, on running backs and tight ends. So maybe use a combination of him and Roquan Smith on a guy like Dalton Schultz or Brevin Jordan, for example. Mm-hmm. But then... For me, it's just if you're Baltimore, don't let Nico Collins beat you because you, you know that he can. But 
but yeah. go let Robert Woods beat you. And if he can, you, you tip your cap to Robert Woods. Tip your cap mm. to John Mechie, who I'm sure is going to see a much bigger role here with Noah mm-hmm. Brown out. These are talented guys all across the board, but I do think that if you can eliminate some level of the Nico Collins production, I think Nico's still going to hit a couple big plays in this game, but mm-hmm. if you can eliminate some some level of threat from him and let the other guys beat you, you can live with that if you're the Ravens. But if you let Nico go for 150 and two touchdowns, you know that's their top guy. So I think that'd be a little disappointing for him. But I still think that CJ's going to hit a couple big plays. Lamar's going to hit a couple of big plays. And it it should be an exciting game either way. Yeah, and on the defensive side of the ball, I'm actually stealing your thunder because that's the same thing I was thinking. Um, the Texans um, corners, the tech Texans secondary is going up against um, the Ravens wide receivers, but mainly Zay Flowers and Derrick Stingley Jr. You know, Derrick Stingley, ever since he came back from the hamstring injury, he has been one of the top best cornerbacks in the league um you saw it kevin he won defensive player of the month for the month of december and he ended off the month he ended the regular season i think in the last four or five games allowing a passer rating of like 1.6 or 1.7 something stupid like that and Derek has really taken a ham as this team's number one cornerback and the one thing that I've been doing, and I kept an eye on Baltimore because I must say I do like Lamar Jackson. As you know, we talked about this before. Oh, yeah. But the one thing that I, I've seen, Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers, man, that that that's a dangerous duo. I mean, we we talking about Texans versus Baltimore right now in the divisional round. I wouldn't be surprised if we were having these same conversations next year, but possibly in the conference championships. And when I look at Baltimore and how exciting the future is for you guys, Zay Flowers, Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at Derrick Stingley Jr. It's like, look, you have to eliminate Zay Flowers just like how you eliminated Omari Cooper last week because everybody wanted to know how can the Houston Texans contain Omari Cooper. He put on a phenomenal show in Cleveland's victory on Christmas Eve, dominated the Houston Texans. You 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 end up putting you end up allowing Derek Stingley to shadow Amari Cooper and look what happened. I think he ended for like three catches for like 45 yards, somewhere along those lines. So that's the number one matchup that I'm looking at on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think we're stealing each other's thunder here, Cody. Because <laughs> I'm 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 gonna steal yours. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Baltimore's offensive line versus Houston's pass rush. This is this is something I've been hyping up all week because mm-hmm. we know John Grenard's been a beast all season. We know mm-hmm. Will Anderson has come on and he's been incredible for him. They have the interior presence, you know. Sheldon Rank is now he hasn't practiced the last two days, right? Is, is he is he gonna play? Do you know? Um, that one is a little bit interesting because I believe in Cleveland's game he went down with a I want to say a shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that one is a little bit up in the air, but best part about that for Texans fans last couple of days I have seen him in the locker room you know so it seems like if anything he's going to give it to go if anything they're probably going to have him on a limited snap count okay so but regardless they have pass rushers over there in Houston mm-hmm. now Baltimore's offensive line Cody Tyler Linderbaum and Kevin Zeitler on the interior they've been great for pretty much the entire season but they've had some tackle issues Ronnie Stanley especially towards the middle of the season who again all pro guy He's really struggled with health and kind of coming back from the ankle injury he suffered a couple of years ago, and he had a knee injury that he was working through this season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing great. Morgan Moses also, he had some struggles. So what the Ravens have started to do here is they've been using a tackle rotation. So what they do is Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses will start the game, and then maybe on the second or third drive, Patrick McCary, who's their backup, will come in for Ronnie Stanley, 
And then Daniel Falele, who's their backup right tackle, will come in for Morgan Moses. And then Stanley will come back. And then Moses will come back. And they'll rotate these guys throughout the entire game. So it gives Ronnie Stanley fresh legs and Morgan Moses fresh legs and kind of helps them out. So does that throw off a rhythm with Will Anderson and John Grenard? Is it, is it you know, they're trying to time up one tackle, but then another comes in. It's, it's worked for him. I think the midseason struggles we saw, the Ravens tackle situation has been a lot better over the past month or month and a half because they've been using these rotations. So I'm interested to see because with Lamar, even if you, you kind of talked about it earlier, even if you get to him and you think you have him down, you don't. You got to secure him and get him down because he will take a sack and turn it into a 50-yard game because that's that's just mm. who, who Lamar Jackson is. So if you're Houston, you mentioned it. Houston had four sacks on Lamar in week one. The Ravens mm-hmm. had five on C.J. Stroud. Pass rush is going to be a really big factor for both sides here, and I think a really important one. And coming up in the final part of the show, we'll talk about what each team has to do to win the game, both Houston and Baltimore Plus. Mm-hmm. We'll get into some predictions as well. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot still to get to on this episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Texans. First, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? But LinkedIn Jobs knows that, and they know your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I've had a ton of positive experiences over on LinkedIn, networking and connecting. It's a really great place to look for jobs and just connect with different people in this either the same or different industry you're looking at. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire Hiring is really easy, too, when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 80 skips for small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And it's really important to achieve goals. If you want to achieve some goals in the new year, the right team member could really help you do that. That's why small businesses are landing jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats. You might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and this episode is brought to you by game time and i've had plenty of frustrating ticket buying experiences in my life sometimes i wasn't really sure if the seats were good sometimes i couldn't find last minute tickets other times there are just no good deals whatsoever but you shouldn't have to worry about that when you're buying tickets to your next big event because game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you with curtis last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and for the game time app here in Baltimore, at least obviously the Ravens and Texans play at M&T Bank Stadium on Saturday. You can go over to game time, try to find some last minute tickets for that game. And in Houston, whether it comes to concerts, anything of that nature, there are plenty of options over there as well. Game time has a lot of cool things too on their app, such as views from all the seats in the venue. Plus game time is the only ticket in the app that gives you a complete piece of mind with your purchase. You can see the views from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets with zone deals to pick the session and game time picks seats for a big time savings if they guess we got to buy tickets with game time down the game's map create an account use code locked on for $20 off first purchase in terms of apply again create an account redeem code locked on spelled l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for $20 off download game time to the last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we're back locked on ravens locked on texans kevin ostriker cody davis talking with you on this thursday leading up to saturday at 4 30 mm. p.m Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, plenty of matchups we dove into, and of course, those storylines. But Cody, 
In terms of what Houston has to actually do to win this game, where are some of the key points you're looking at where Houston has to win or what they have to do to pull this one out? It starts with the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, man. You know, you, you said it early on in the show, you know, after Lamar Jackson, is it fair to say that he has played the second best, you know, play from that position throughout the whole entire season, man? And I think that's what it's basically going to come down to. Um, the one thing about the key matchups and stuff that you and I did, we was picking each other brains and, you know, saying basically had the same thing. But I really do believe that it's definitely going to come down to, and I hate to say this, I understand Saying this for a rookie quarterback going up against a veteran quarterback and an MVP caliber quarterback like Lamar Jackson, but it's basically going to be can CJ Stroud not only outplay Lamar Jackson, but also outplay the Ravens defense, who is one of the top defensive teams in the league. And I know that might be a little bit shocking for some Raven fans, but let me just say this Pittsburgh, Saints, Tampa Bay, and not the Browns. You're looking at four teams that at, when you go back and take a look at the regular season, all four of those teams were somewhere in the top 10 with their defense. And C.J. Stroud went 4-0 against those teams, and I think he averaged somewhere in the ballpark of 325 yards and put on the show against every single one of those teams. So that's going to be the number one thing. Can C.J. Stroud continue his stellar play? And another thing that I'm looking at is who else is going to step up in the wide receiving core? Um, Nico Collins has fallen under the radar a lot throughout the regular season. Um, he has had a phenomenal year, as you know, but I'm pretty sure that Baltimore is probably going to change up and throw some new things defensively towards him because I'm pretty sure they do not want Nico Collins to get into a rhythm. And you already don't have Tank Dale, unfortunately. You're going into this game without Noah Brown. So it's going to be like, who is going to be that, that wide receiver that's going to step up? And I know that's something. Texans fans have heard that a lot on Locked On Texans. Is it going to be Robert Woods finally? Is it going to be John John Mechie? Is it going to be Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson? Like, I'm pretty sure without a shadow of a doubt, if one of those guys can step up and give this wide receiving core just a little bit more of a boost, then I think this offense is going to have an opportunity to thrive in Baltimore. Yeah, for me, I think what the Ravens have to do in order to win this one is play the brand they've been playing the entire season and establish physicality early. We know Houston can be a physical team, but mm -hmm. Baltimore, if they can get, you know, the home crowd cooking a little bit, maybe just get out to a fast start, you know, 14 to three, 10 to nothing. Baltimore, they haven't had to play from behind a lot this season. Not that they can't do it. They had a great win against the Rams coming out after their bye where they were down by, you know, seven points here, four points there, three points there that they orchestrated that. But to me, I think that if Baltimore can establish their run game, Houston has been a good run defense for the mm. entire season in terms of the stats. But with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, seems like Dalvin Cook's going to get caught up to the active roster and he might have a role in this game, a new signing from the Jets earlier in the season. I think that that could be really key. And I think the turnovers, turnovers are going to be really big for both teams because a game mm. like this, maybe it comes down to who throws the last interception, who has the last fumble, something like that. So I think a mistake-free game for the Ravens in terms of the turnovers and drops, just things like that, where early in the season, we saw the Ravens beat themselves with bad penalties, miscommunications and drops and, and all this turnovers. So to me, if you can play mistake-free and rattle C.J. Stroud a little bit. Now, this is not that week one rookie. Again, this mm. is not week one rookie C.J. Stroud. C.J. is not going to be rattled nearly as easily as that but 
you, you mentioned it, maybe throw some different defensive looks in there, see how he responds and adjust accordingly. Something the Ravens mm-hmm. have done really well this season compared to the last couple of seasons has been in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, mm-hmm. and coming out of one thing isn't working. If the Texans are picking this apart, Todd Munkin, Mike McDonald, John Harbaugh, that coaching staff, I think has been really on top of that this year. So I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a really good game. Cody, how do you think it goes? Do you think Houston pulls off the upset, or do you think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be advancing to the championship game here? Man, look, Kevin, you know how I feel about Lamar. <laughs> One of my favorite players in the game. And, look, it, it's tough, you know, and I think it's going to be a very close game. But going back to Saturday's game, after Christian Harris recorded the second consecutive pick six, the NRG Stadium played Journeys Don't Stop Believing. And everybody had their phone with the flashlight waving it, and they were singing, Don't Stop Believing. Kevin, I'm going to take that advice, and I'm going to continue believing because we didn't get this far for nothing. I'm going very close game, very physical game. Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, they're going to put on the show. But I have the Texans winning by a field goal, 27 to 24. And for the very first time in franchise history, the Texans will advance to the AFC championship game. Man, I don't blame you. Houston's on fire right now. They, they are on fire. Keep you know believing. That, that, that support, man, they've gotten there with the belief of their fans, which I know has not been there a lot over the last, what, 10, really ever since the franchise. And basically, the belief basically started on Thanksgiving. That's how long it's been. <laughs> New thing for Houston Texans fans, but you know what? There's a bright future there. For me, though, the Ravens have done nothing for me to pick against them. I mean, their offense has found its groove. Their defense has played lights out all season. It'll take a special type of team to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Now, maybe the Texans are that team, right? It's any mm-hmm. given Sunday, especially in the playoffs, when mm-hmm. literally anything can happen. But to me, I just think the way Lamar Jackson is locked in, the way Roquan Smith is locked in, the leadership that is there. And they've been talking all season there in Baltimore about how they want to win. Lamar wants not, he wants this so, so, so badly. And his play is backed it up. He's going to be the MVP this season. I don't think there's any dispute in that. And what he's been able to do. And I just think that if the Ravens can hold the Texans to something like 17 points, now that's going to be tough because we know what this Houston offense has done. But if they can do something like that, the Ravens offense is kind of hitting their stride right now. So I'll pick Ravens. I'm going to go something along the lines of 28, 17, 28, 19, like in that range where the box score, you know, that is like a two possession, nine point game, but it feels more like a three point game feels closer than the box score. Like maybe it is a turnover that ices the game and the Ravens score last. But I do think that for me, this is going to be a Baltimore win, but Hey, you know what? Anything can happen. We know it's the playoffs. (laughs) Anything can absolutely happen here. So I'm excited for it, Cody. I appreciate you giving your Texans insight. Hopefully I gave you enough Ravens insight to uh, last year up until this game. Ravens and Texans facing off 4.30 p.m. Eastern Saturday at M&T Bank Stadium. That's all we have for you here today on this crossover edition episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Texans. We'll, of course, be right back here on our respective shows, rounding out the week before the big game. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Texans.